0: I don't know what your week's been like but uh, we had life group this week many of my life group are sitting here this evening and as we went around the room and we shared what was going on in our lives it was one whirlwind after another whirlwind everybody's so under pressure so overworked and stressed and tired and desperate to find that moment of peace but just not knowing how to find it and the Lord wants to say to you that as we come together as his people in this place, there's many gifts that he has for us. And one of them is to be still. In our culture and our context, being still is almost unheard of, isn't it? We just go from one thing to the other. I am an absolute culprit of wanting music on at all times. And if it is quiet, I'm like, oh, put, quickly, put the music on. Put the music on so I can. And it just fills our heads all the time sound sound noise rush busyness and so one of the things i've been doing also as a result of life group probably about four months ago is every time i'm in the car on my own i am sitting in silence so no radio no worship music just silence and i'm just sensing little prods from the lord little text that person make that phone call stop there have you realized jj might need this or little prompts from the Lord because he's so good that he cares about every detail of our lives and so maybe this evening this is nothing what I was going to talk about whatsoever but maybe this evening there's a prompt for us to make some space even when we think we have no way of doing it and we don't know where to do it even if it's just on our car journeys we will just be in quiet before the Lord I really believe that the Lord has got gifts for us and that we as followers of Jesus should be living lives that are different from everybody else's. We should stick out like a sore thumb. We should be the most joyful and the most peaceful people because we have got a whole lot to be joyful about and because he brings us peace. And so often we're just caught up. I'm talking to myself. We are caught up. We're caught up in this life. And we don't look differently. In our uh, series at the moment about worshipping, the title comes from Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 and 2. And this is what it says After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi, this means wise men, they came from the east to Jerusalem and they asked. Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? Where is the one we've been anticipating for all these years? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. The reason they came was to worship him. Now, as you might know from many nativity play, King Herod was actually a bit of an evil, dodgy king. And he got his panic on. He was suddenly afraid that his kingdom would be threatened. And so he kind of lied to them, these wise men, and said, Hey, whenever you find out where he is, tell me so I can go and worship him too. Then verse 9 goes on and says this, After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. So when they saw the star, they followed it. And just actually in that little verse, there's something that we don't often really grasp, the full magnitude of what these wise men did. They actually travelled from what would have been known as Persia, or modern-day Iran, all the way to where Jesus was, a distance of, believe it or not, about 900 miles. So I did a little bit of googling. We live in southwest London, and 900 miles from here is a place called Budapest, located in Hungary. The calculated flying distance from London Heathrow to Budapest is 900 miles, which is equal to 1,449 kilometres. I get from Google, I didn't work that out. Those wise men travelled 900 miles, but they did not get there on British Airways. Yeah. This was a long and a painful journey that they might worship the one that they believed might be the saviour and so in the busyness and in the rush in the journey of our lives many of us feel like it's like a long and a difficult journey and often it is but these wise men show us the importance of traveling of going that long and painful journey in order to worship Verse 10 shows us this. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They were full of joy. They were overjoyed. Pause for a minute on this word. Let's camp out on this word of joy. Because they were overjoyed. The English translation, it has a really hard time with what the original language said. There are actually four Greek words that are translated into they were overjoyed. Another version of the Bible translates it this way. It says, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Get the point? The Greek words, they literally mean they rejoiced with a big, humongous, overarching joy. That's what it means. It's kind of like compounding joy. It's like We're happy about being happy that we're happy that we're happy that he's here. It's almost impossible to describe how full of life they were. Because for centuries, they had hoped that one day, one day, there might be one who was born who would save them from their sins. And so from the depths of their soul, they're overjoyed with a humongous, big, gigantic joy. And this is the problem for some of us who follow Jesus today. We are underjoyed. We live lives underjoyed. We should be the most overjoyed people around. But some of us, we're underjoyed. It makes no sense, you see, to think about the fact that a God who loved us and did something for us so that we could receive forgiveness that we didn't earn and we certainly don't deserve. The fact that anybody would be sitting around with a sourpuss Christian face on, it doesn't make sense. I mean, to come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, like we're mad or we're really upset about all sorts of different things. We've got a critical heart. We're angry about everything. We are nitpicking everything apart. We've all been there. I've been there. I'm guessing you've been there too. But being a follower of Jesus, we should stop and be thankful for the incredible gift that we have in him. And we can be overjoyed. No matter how bad life gets, and life does get really hard, we've got the promise of eternity. All things, God says, he'll use all things to bring about the good for those who love him. God, who is greater, who lives in us, who is greater than all the problems in the world, who is ever-present, all-knowing and all-powerful, Let's try to live in that perspective, to live with joy and with thankful hearts, to worship, to praise, to be fun to be around. Let's be known for what we are for rather than for what we are against. Let's be full of love and let's be full of grace. When people see you and I, wouldn't it just be fantastic if they said to the people around them, you met them yet? they are the most overjoyed people i've ever met why because we can be overjoyed that we have a savior so they traveled 900 miles or so and they couldn't wait to worship him how far have you traveled this evening to get to church was your heart that you just could not wait to worship him maybe it was maybe it is right now So what do they do? Verse seven says this. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down. In a couple of weeks in our series, we're going to look at that bit about bowing down. But then what did they do? They worshipped him. And how did they worship? I want you to watch very carefully what the Bible says they did. It says they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They were overjoyed to bow down and to worship him and to bring gifts to the one who would save them. They were overjoyed to give. Their hearts were glad to give. They were not underjoyed. They were not upset that they had to give. Oh boy, I've got to give. Oh no. They gave gold. So precious. They gave incense and they gave myrrh. It's been debated for centuries what these gifts actually meant or symbolised. And the general thinking is that gold represented the king, his kingship. That the king of kings and the lord of lords was born on earth. The frankincense, many people believe, represented his priestly role in the ministry. That he would make a way that we could be right with our heavenly father. And then the incense was actually, of course, used to help people prepare for burial. And a lot of scholars believe that it was given to him foreshadowing that Jesus was born to die. The purpose of his birth was death. They came and they worshipped him. They were overjoyed to bring their gifts as an act of worship, to kneel down. And with tremendous joy in their hearts, they opened up the best of what they had. And they gave it to Jesus. What is the best that you have? Do you want to give the best to Jesus? I don't know about you but I love being around generous people. I find it really inspiring. I love hearing stories about people who do random acts of kindness. I love reading books about generosity, watching movie clips about generosity. I love all the things going around Facebook when people pay for the people behind them at the toll booth and all of that stuff. I think it's really exciting because generous people love giving. And as we think about giving, there's usually some people who are nodding, they've got smiles on their face, and they're like, yes, it is such a joy to be generous and to be somebody who loves to give. And others of uh, of us might be thinking, oh, for goodness sake, I've got enough going on. Without giving, I have nothing to give. I don't know what to give of myself. And what I do have, I would rather keep for myself. And my prayer is tonight that as we soak in God's presence, as we receive His gifts again and again, that He would do something in our heart to increase our generosity. That He would move in our hearts to not just enable us to give, but to give us a joy in giving, to be overjoyed to give to the God who gave us everything. Because when you love someone, you give, don't you? When you love someone, you serve. You look out for them. You love to buy them a gift, to take them out, to treat them, to spend time with them. All sorts of gifts that you love to give those you love. Love gives. The most famous verse in the whole bible john 3 16 for god so loved the world that he gave that he gave and he gives and he gives and he never stops giving because he is love and he loves you he loves you and he loves you and he's got things to give to you he gave not gold not frankincense not myrrh But he gave his one and only son, his one and only son. That's how much he loves us. So this evening, how overjoyed are you? How much are you so caught up with the busyness and the stress of life that your focus and your perspective has been knocked right sideways? How much tonight as we pause together, As we reflect and as we receive, do we allow the Holy Spirit to give us grateful hearts? To be thankful and to want to bring our gifts before the Lord. And of course, there's all sorts of ways that we give our gifts to God. One of them is that we give money for the work of the Lord. And we do this because he's been so generous and we love to give. Carlos and I love to tithe and we love to give. We love to give to church and see all that can happen here at church because we just play this tiny, tiny little part. We love to give to Watoto and we love to give to Tear Fund, and we love to give. We love to give. We're not very wealthy. We don't have very much, but we love to give. It fills our hearts with joy. Do you love to give? Do you love to see what will happen when you give? Because God is using us to show his love to other people. Are you overjoyed? Do you love to give? What would it take to make worship through giving financially What would it take to make worshipping through giving a priority in your relationship with God? What changes will you make to become a tither, giving 10% of what you earn if you haven't been one consistently? How would you like to give to serve the Lord in your time, with your resources, with your skills, with your heart? Because God does call us to follow him. He calls us to become more and more like him. And it is impossible to outgive God. And yet he calls us to follow his example, to be generous givers. Let's pray together. So we thank you for a moment to be still and to reflect. When the world around us, with Black Friday and Christmas shopping and get, 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 get. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to be still and to be grateful for all we have been given. The greatest gift of all in your son, Jesus Christ. That we don't have to walk alone. We're not powerless because you are with us and for us. That even when there are times in our lives when we are broken, you restore us. When we are hopeless, you bring hope. When we have failed you again, you bring forgiveness and freedom and amazing grace. Lord, we thank you. And just like those wise men who travelled a difficult path, Oh many of us tonight want to say to you we want to travel whatever path you call us to to give to you lord to give sacrificially as you gave sacrificially to give not just because we feel we have to under compulsion but to give willingly and joyfully come holy spirit come holy spirit And even now, as we respond in sung worship, Lord, we pray that our worship wouldn't just be going through the motions, wouldn't be singing songs, but with our whole heart, we would give you glory and honour and power and praise for you are worthy. Help us, Lord, to honour you with our gifts, to be generous to you with our gifts. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and we're going to worship the Lord in song.